Hi, I'm Joel Gould and welcome to another edition of NRL.com's Pearls Preview Pod, coming to you from the QRL Studios in uh, Brisbane. Steve Ranoff, uh, welcome ahead of Indigenous Round. Yeah, Joel, uh, very excited about this weekend and um, yeah, it's always a, a highlight, uh, I think, of a lot of people's uh, yeah, year with the NRL. It's a wonderful uh, contribution the NRL is making towards uh, lifting up Indigenous, uh, the, yeah. promoting Indigenous contribution to rugby league and and society and and culture. Uh, it's 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 really been already. It's really impressed me and it's it's given I think a lot of people lift. Um, I've I've had a chat to Corey Thompson today from the Titans about wearing a special pair of boots that were painted by um, a young girl and her mentor in um, in Dubbo, and it really yeah, okay. tells his story. It's it's a really it's a really lovely. Um, I think it's going to be a nice piece, but um, these sort of things, uh, what, what do they do, do you think, uh, oh, they, for, for the community when it's the, the contribution of Indigenous peoples recognised? Yeah, it's just that recognition because, um, you know, there, there has been, uh, within rugby league and a lot of sports, uh, you know, Indigenous people play, you know, I'm going back generations, um, and, and some superstars, but they weren't always recognised at the time, and um, I think this is a... For me, it's about recognising our, our forefathers who, who came and did that back in the day, like Frank Fisher and coming forward, you know, to Artie Beats and, and just remembering the contribution uh, that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men and women have made to, to the game of rugby league. Who, who was uh, the trailblazer for you? You've spoken about Frank Fisher. He's from where you grew yeah, up. Yeah, prob- probably because, uh, you know, he grew up, uh, he was from Sherberg. Um, you know, there was there was my brothers. I mean, immediately around me with my brothers and my brother-in-law uh, Frank Malone, who who was a absolute gun player. So as a kid locally, I looked up to those guys, and um, so you know, when we all had our, it was such a uh, the local area was full of amazing Indigenous players and athletes. Yeah, well, you've written a column this year, Steve, about Frank Fisher. He was called the Black Wally Lewis. He, yeah. he apparently had a magnificent pass and he hit you like a steam train. Yeah, look, apparently he was very tough, and I think it's his, um, his I think it's his grandson, um, Simon. Um, I used to play against him, uh, Simon Fisher, and uh, he was very similar. <laughs> Got hit by him a few times. <laughs> Who was your uh, indigenous icon as a young man? Oh, look, you know, you, I, I'd have to say, um, you know, New South Welshman, but playing centres, I always love watching Steve Aller, uh, to be honest, at Parramatta. Um, and we used to follow Parramatta because mum, mum was a Parramatta fan, but, um, you know, Steve Aller, for me, uh, maybe because we played the same position. I, look, I had the opportunity at the start of the year to, to catch up with him, have a beer with him at the Indigenous All-Stars uh, down the Gold Coast. So it's always good, you know, To he's such a humble man, but the old Zip Zip man, he was one of my favourites. Yeah, he was a wonderful player, wasn't he? Oh, he was. You know, he's, he's going well and, um, you know, he's, um, you don't mind me saying, he's got a few more grey hairs these days, the old zip zip man, but uh, still looks fit, um, um, believe it or not. I do I, believe it, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was always a very wiry, athletic man. Yeah, he was. And, a footballer. Yeah, you know, he toured for Australia and played for New South Wales and, you know, legendary Parramatta side that he played with. He had great body language, didn't he? Like, you oh. never knew what he was thinking. Like, he always looked... This, uh, my recollection of him is a wonderful runner of the football. He had a great swerve. Great yeah. swerve. Yeah, and, but also, just he played... With that even evenness all the time, yeah. like you know, seemed to always be in control. He always looked like he was. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, it was nothing phased him. Um, no. You know, he never got upset over anything. He just got on with it, and um, you know, and he was part of that juggernaut um, Parramatta team. And you know, I grew up watching that, and he happened to be a part of it. Yeah, well, Steve, you've done quite a bit for us this week uh, for Indigenous Rounds. Some very interesting. Uh, documentary style of a video you've done which mm. I'm looking forward to, to seeing and also we'll be doing our column uh, on Indigenous yeah. matters as well so we're going to really uh, dig deep in, into the culture and in, into what it means yeah, definitely. to, to um, what, what Indigenous Round actually yeah. really does mean, not just for football but in, in a wider sense yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the round to come and a great way to kick off the round uh, especially Indigenous Round with the Dragons hosting the Rabbitohs, 
which has been home to so many wonderful Indigenous footballers, and it's home to one who was returning returning from a suspension and won and number one, yes. Latrell Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell for South Sydney. This is going to be something to watch. I think Latrell mm. might have something special for us. Well, I'm hoping so, and you'd like to think uh, uh, South as a club, uh, you know, if Wayne can't get them up for any round. Um, with the number of players, Indigenous players in that team, uh, he's not going to get them up for anything. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this to kick kick the uh, the Indigenous round off. And as you say, Latrell's back. Um, you know, we always want to see the boys go out there and do what they they do best. Well, it's a it's a backline stack with the Indigenous yeah. stars, isn't it? Really, really is right from right across the board. And we've we've got. Um, guys like James Roberts out, so you, almost, <laughs> you could almost feel the, uh, an entire Indigenous backline for South Sydney if everyone was available. Yeah, exactly. You could easily, it'd be all seven of them. That's uh, and that's one of Wayne Bennett's dreams to have a whole black line. <laughs> <laughs> Asking that one, and he'll tell you a black line. A black line. <laughs> he always has a he always has a, a, a little chat to me about it, you know. And um, he said, "I oh, just love her." He said, "I got, I got it." He says, "He said to me this year, I'm close, I'm close at the rabbits, um, but oh, he's got the young winger." He said, "Maybe uh, we can, uh, you know, see if you know, chuck him into the tan bed or something." <laughs> you can, you can say that, Steve. Yeah, but you know what I'm I mean. Like, like, you know what I mean. It's just like <laughs> yeah. he, he appreciates uh, the way uh, Indigenous uh, blokes play footy, and he's always said that to me. So he said, "You can't coach that." <laughs> you can't, and I um I remember back to 1988 when the Broncos kicked off, guys like um Joe Kilroy and yeah. um uh, uh, Colin Scott. Colin who's, Scott, yeah, he's one of my favourite players, and still a, a great character. Colin Scott, I've always enjoyed talking yeah. to him. Yeah, good um, blokes, both of them. And imagine Wayne coaching a modern day smoking Joe. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Exactly. I wouldn't mean, yeah, smoking was an absolute legend. You know, Queensland legend, winger, and. Um, yeah, exactly. Imagine that, and you know, he, and Smokin wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't small, but he was quite, quite fit and quite, you know, quite muscled up. And I uh, say so he would suit it. He'd be, he'd be amazing. We're going off at a tangent as we, are, as we, we can do, Steve. We yeah. need someone to rope us in. But I will say this is on YouTube. You can go and I don't know if it's still there, but there's a, a, a clip of um, Joe Kilroy scoring a try off a kickoff. Yes, it's it's a classic, classic yeah. try from the kickoff. Bang, he's over, over. And for North. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we better get back to this game. It it is a big game for both these yes. teams. If if whoever loses this game, you'd think that their semi final hopes would be hanging by a thread. For South Sydney, they they could possibly afford to lose it, but yeah. they, they really don't want to be. They, they don't want to be in ninth and 10th position for much longer. They need to get themselves going. They, they need to establish they themselves, done that. Joel. They haven't established themselves where they want to be. I know Wayne um, wouldn't be satisfied with where they're at at the moment, and um, no doubt the team aren't either. So I've actually I've, I've backed the rabbits in this one. Um, I just think with the, with the indigenous round and 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 not even that. It's just they probably need this win more so than say St George do um, going forward, just to get themselves up there and they can consolidate. Well, I think Latrell's no Latrell's back a big know. in, and Adam Clune and Trent Marin both going to miss a week mm. with uh, HIA. So Ben Hunt's back to halfback. I preferred him in hooker. The Dragons took. Um, the Sharks right to the wire. It was, mm. went right down to the final play. Uh, I think the Sharks certainly deserve to win that game. And South Sydney coming off a loss. So mm. it's... Well, look, you know, go back to that match. And this is where I think St George, even though they, they went toe-to-toe with Cronulla, at certain times they still struggled to finish off, you know, and, you know, get over a trial line. And it's something that's been fairly consistent with them um, over the past few years. And I thought they had opportunities, but they just couldn't do it. It is true, and of course, um, Matt Dufty did ground the ball in goal mm. um, before um, Cronulla scored. But I mean, these are moot points, aren't they? Yeah. There's always a moment uh, yeah. that you missed as well, or a call that went for you. That that was obviously incorrect. Yeah. That decision, and um, th- that's been recognised. Yeah. But uh, the Dragons have got to be better than that. Yeah. And I still think South Sydney have got a lot more in them. <clears throat> The uh, the backline's not firing as it should be, but then again, the forwards aren't dominating as they would like either. They almost look like they're in second gear sometimes, and and yeah. we've seen even a fortnight ago they kicked into gear at the end of the game, but it was too late. Well, I, I, they, they let the game go. To be honest, I say that about St George, but watching South last week, they were in a similar situation. They, as you say, Joel, they're in positions with their backline play. 
but they just couldn't complete. And when I say complete, like a uh, you want a positive out of you get field position, you want a positive, and there there was a period of play there that just wasn't happening for them. Okay, the, the next game we'll move on to is the West Tigers versus the Warriors. Um, that's a Friday night game. Um, we've got uh, Alex Twell and Luke Garner both back. Um, that's a big in for them, I think, for West Tigers. Yeah. Um, Warriors took the Roosters oh. right to the wire, didn't they? They really did have a great crack at the Roosters last week. So that's um, that was really promising for them. But they do miss now David Fusatua and Ken Momalo. They've gone back to New Zealand. So we've got um, Patrick Herbert on one flank. And Eels' lone player, George Jennings, uh, makes his club the boo on the other. Uh, this is a big one for West Tigers. They don't want to lose a game like this like they lost to the Titans. No, and look, I, I don't think they will. Um, you know, look, you've got to give it to um, you know the Warriors. I, I thought their game last week was... You know, stood out to me uh, around effort and, and playing such, such a good, great team, and uh, they really stuck it to them. And, and that's that's what you want to see. I mean, I, I think they'll miss Mamalo. Like he he's been great for them um, for Satua. Um But the thing is, I just can't see them um, getting this one. Um, I, I just yeah, West Tigers. I just love the way that what they, how they're playing at the moment. Um, mm. I, you know, there's a lot of positives about them. There is, and also <clears throat> they, they really did show a lot of uh, grit against Parramatta last week. They, they, they were up against it, and they I think the coach said after the game that that was the sort of character and, yep. and he wants to build in this team. And they did show it, even though they lost. There was a lot that uh, they can get a lot out of it, that's for sure. Well, I'm tipping West to win that one yeah. as well. Okay, the um, the one that um, we'll be I'll be covering for NRL.com on Friday night is Broncos v Sharks. Big changes to the Broncos team. Darius Boyd is back to fullback for the first time since round 14 last year. Brodie Croft's got an AC joint injury, so he's gone uh, um, for a short period of time, hopefully, uh, Anthony Seabold has said. And Milford, <coughs> who has, did have some sort of... He had his thigh strapped. I think he's got a hamstring problem. Uh, he, he's going to go into the halves with Dearden. Turpin's back. No sign of um, Fafita yet. Um, he, he did train this week, but he's not named in the 21. Mm. So that's them. The Sharks, obviously, without um, Chad Townsend. So he, Connor Tracy comes in for him. He's um, he's a big loss, Townsend. Uh, uh, to be honest, Steve, what, what, tell me what you think about this change the Broncos have made. It's slightly forced, but it, it might have happened anyway. I th- I, th- I think the fact that Darius has gone to fullback is if he's going to play anyway, <laughs> you play him there. And I, I think he, he's... And, you know, I've been a little bit hard on him over, over the past few weeks, but... Playing in the centres is probably not Darius's go. Um, he was, you know, there's a lot of reasons why he would have been upset, but um, now he's back to his position. Um, I think we might see a different player out there. And, and look, he's going to be forced into play because he's a fullback. Um, so that might bring out the, the, you know, the good side of Darius that we know as a rugby league player. And I'm looking forward to it. I think he'll he'll cherish it, and I think he'll just be a, he'll be a lot more solid. They'll be they'll have a lot more confidence, and he'll be able to talk. Uh, he's a very good talker at the back and organise you know, what's in front of him. What do you think he'll do for the defensive line, which was yeah. which was poor in the second half against Melbourne? Well, that's what I was just talking about. He can direct the play. He's done it time and time again. Um, that's his position. So you'd like to think that's that's a big thing he'll bring is the organising of the defence. Um, you know, I, I you know. As I said, I think he's been out of position um, in, in the centres, and I'm not sure what was going on there. But uh, it makes sense to have him there because I think it'll just solidify the Broncos, and you never know what's going to happen out of that move. I think it's a very good move yeah. um, for the Broncos, and I do like Dean and Milford together. I, I, I've been told that um, from a, a reliable source, <laughs> as we say uh, as journos, that Milford does like playing would would relish playing with Dean. I yeah. think he has done it. Yes. A couple of times, but yeah. it, it, he's the guy who wants to really play with in the half. So mm. let's see how they work. I, I think personally, Dearden's a better game manager than Croft. Yeah. Even Matthew Johns said to me um, recently that uh, Croft's not a. It takes a long time to become a game manager. Yeah. I'm not saying Dearden is yeah. <laughs> anywhere near where he's going to end up, but I, I just feel like it comes more naturally to Dearden. I did like his talk on the left in the yeah. first half. He organised that really well, and then it all fell apart in the second half. But 
Yeah. Did you, did you look what you saw on yeah. that left side? Uh, I, I, yeah, I do. And I've always liked Deaton. I, mm. I think game manager, he's, he's very good. And he did that when he came into grade last year. And mm. um, I was impressed with him. I, you know, I've said that openly last year. I gave him a rap. And I, I think he's a good young player. Um, and look... He, He's got his opportunity on, um, this weekend and uh, needs to go out there and just take it. The Sharks, Sean Johnson, he's been in electrifying form. Yeah. Hasn't he been good? He has. You know, it's not that long ago we were sort of saying, um, you know, good to see him fire up again. And he has. He sort of answered any critics that he's had because for his uh, expectation, he was below par. But, geez, he's really kicked on and he's shown the, the Sean Johnson we all know. Well, if this Sharks um, forward pack clicks, I, I just feel like it's got more... Yeah. It's got more to offer than the Broncos packing in the sense it's more diverse. We've got the the great running of line running of Nakora. He's a brute Rudolph. That's oh, a yeah. big lock. I like him. He's he's become one of my favorites for the Sharkies and cuz I when I first saw him I thought he's he's a Fafita look alike. You know, had the hair going and um but yeah, Rudolph he's, he's uh you know he he's tough and he just keeps belting the ball up. CSC for Talakai off the bench really loving what he's doing. As well, and of course, you've got Wade Graham with all those skills. Yeah. Um, the only question mark is he's a good player, Connor Tracy. He goes into the halves, but it's a different, it's not, he's not Chad Townsend. So. No, and I, I think they'll, oh, it goes without saying, they'll miss Chad Townsend um, mm. with the way you, I've been watching him play and what he does for that team. Um, so hopefully, this young kid can, can step up. Tip? Tip, I'm going to go to Broncos um, for this one. I, I just think. Uh, there's a lot I keep saying this weekend a lot to play for but the fact that Darius has gone to the back I think that just might shift it for him a bit um, with his experience back there and you, you, you know it's a young fellow that was there testing you it was great but I think you're just going to be a lot more solid with Darius at the back yeah I, I agree I think the Broncos look it, it, it's a shame when you're talking about the Broncos being improved when they get beaten 46 to 8 that's not what you want to hear as a Broncos, no. former no. Bronco, is no. it? It's not, look, no. it doesn't seem right, does it? Because you, you can't, you can do it stat-wise, you can split a game, but you can't do it once it's over. It's like, <laughs> it's done, it's done, you know what I mean? You can't pick the good parts out. <laughs> exactly. Well, you can, but, you know. But, yeah, you're right. It, it, it needs to be a more complete uh, performance. And I yeah. keep saying that, you know, if you, you play one half, give us at least 60 minutes. 60 minutes or, or, or you know, uh, three quarters of the game um, consistent. Um, not give me one half and go give us a second half, totally different. You know, um, you only got to give three quarters of that and then, you know, you, you'll get the nod of people and go, well, yeah, they've had a go. 60 is three quarters of 80, isn't it? Is that right? No, I'm not sure there. I, that's why I try no, to it correct is, it oh, is. <laughs> I was trying to crack myself. No, I was, I was like... wondering. So we're going to go to 60 minutes. Yeah, 60 minutes. <laughs> Will that be enough to beat the Sharks? That's the big question. I, yeah. I, I think the Sharks are guilty of the same. They're not. They're, neither of those sides are complete. Mm. Sharks certainly a lot more complete at the moment um, with their record than the Broncos. But I, I, I just feel like there's enough there to go on from last week. To, if they can just get that second half right... And the Sharks aren't the Storm. And that's right. And I think they'll miss Townsend. So yep. That, that yep, I agree entirely. Okay, Roosters v Titans at the cricket ground. Uh, Brian Hall comes in for Brett Morris. Only change. Keegan Hipgrave's back from a shoulder problem yep. in the second row with Stam Sohn dropping to reserves. And Sam Lossoni is also back. He had a shoulder complaint. Missed a very brave effort by the Titans last week against the Panthers, I thought. I thought a really brave effort. Yeah, you know, um, look, I, once again, another one of the teams, you know, put that effort in, um, mm. but just not that 80 minutes. Um, so, you know, this this is going to be another, obviously, tough one for them. <laughs> I think that goes without saying. Um, but I don't know your thoughts on this one, Joel. Um, yeah, what sort of, what sort of, I, I look, I think out of the three teams, look, to be not not hammering the Broncos, the Titans they're similar, but they've probably been uh, a bit closer to the mark, uh, comparable. To be I'd, honest, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, just in watching them play, and they have some great players. I mean, I, was, I was still going about Joy Arrow. You know, I, I just love watching him play and what he does. They're going to miss him next year, but um, if they can, do, same thing. If they can, they string a half together, but they at least give us sixty. They're always a chance. Yeah, well, I don't think that's going to be enough, Steve, no. against the Roosters. No. But 
what what a great um, building block the the Titans have now that they've got David Fafita coming for three years. They've got uh, Tino Fasa Malawe yeah. coming for multiple years, and also Herman Sase. Um, tell me what you thought of the Fafita decision. Yeah, look, I I was happy for Davey. Um, you know, I sort of had a bit of communication with him during that. Um, I supported him because there's varied reasons why he's doing what he's doing, and I think we're good on him. When if you talk to Davey and you get to meet him, he's such a good kid. But he, he, you know, he's not as immature that people might think he is. They keep saying he's only young, but um, you know, I think he's had a life where he's grown up very quickly. Um, you know, uh, support you know with his mum. You know, so to me, he, he's a lot older in the head than people think he is. And I watch him on the field, and he is, you know, just in his play. Uh, he plays like he's been there forever. You know, when he first came on the scene and, um, you know, he got into origin early because he, he's a lot, I think, he's a lot more mature than people give him credit for. Um, and the decision, it was a big decision for him to make. Um, and I was like, well, best of luck to you, brother. So good on you. Um, you know, he's got to look after his family. He's got to, um, and that's a big part of what his move is. And it's not, it's not a big move for him. He, he went to school at Kebra Park, caught the train down there. I don't think he'll be catching the train um, next year, but um, down to the Gold Coast. But uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be driving his Porsche or something. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Davey. But uh, no, he's a good kid, and I, I've got a lot of respect for him. And he, wherever he goes, it's not going to change the way he plays his game of footy. You know, he's, he's not a better player here at the Broncos. He's going to be just the same player at the Gold Coast. Yeah, okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, we haven't heard from him yet. He, um, we probably won't for a while, <laughs> I don't dare say, about these reasons uh, for going. Um, you've spoken to I didn't know you had conversations. Oh, no, that. not conversation. Just contact uh, by phone. I was just showing him support, you know, and um, mm. I said, mate, you you know, you, you make the right... You know, he said, I'm going to make the right call. Um I sort of had an inkling um, that he was going to go to the coast, and I thought, well, good on you, mate. You you made that call, and he's made that in you know in conversation with a lot of people, with his mum uh, and his family. And I thought, well, good on you. But Steve, what does it say about the Broncos? This is not a club that loses players it wants to keep, and it wanted to keep David. Oh, yeah. what, what what's the issue here? Well, the issue is, firstly, they didn't. You know, they didn't fight hard enough, obviously, to keep him. I don't know. There's a lot of different reasons. And where they were as a playing group and as a team uh, wasn't a big positive to Dave. You'd, you'd, have to, you'd assume this uh, mm. because they haven't been playing well. He's been sitting watching it, um, even though they're all his mates. Um, the thing is, so that would have played a bit into it. And I just, the big fear for me, Joel, with what's happened with Dave, it's going to happen. We've got a lot of other good kids there and you don't want to see the same thing happen because there'll, there'll be people, clubs, you know, looking to poach other young kids from the Broncos and I reckon that's 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 their biggest um, risk they got going forward is they'll lose more like Dave. I think the Broncos really miss, and they don't grow on trees, these kind of players, but they really miss like a Shane Webke style of a player or an Andrew G who was mm. the... He was the alpha male, the leader of the pack yeah. down there, wasn't he? You, you followed him. I know even Webke said that yeah. he was he was um, sort of a bit of the spiritual leader yeah. of the forward pack. of course he was. And uh, Petro, were just uh, the awe-inspiring ca- uh, character, and yeah. Brad Thorne, another one, with a presence. Oh, I, we I had him. Yeah, you yeah, did, The, the club you? had him. And you it, miss that, don't you? You mm. do miss that, you know, and... Um, you know, we I think we look towards someone like Pengai Junior to take over, but he's been bitter in and out of um, the way he's been playing. I'd like to see one of those old forwards given time with uh, Tavita, mm. um, just so he could bottle that that aggressiveness. Because we like the aggressiveness, but it just goes a bit too far, and something he's on and off with it. He's got it needs to be like that every week. Um, you know, it'd be great for one of those old heads to be you know spend a week or so with him. Well, it would, Steve. We're getting away, I suppose, yeah, once sorry. again. No, don't apologise. Yeah, yeah. we, we can do this. So there's no yeah. set format to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except the teams we're talking about, which we're now on talking about the Broncos again. Yeah. But, yes, I think they do miss definitely um, a Webkey, and I reckon that he would be great for Tavita um, yeah. because Tavita, when Brisbane wins, he often plays well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, But back to the game here, I think there's no way um, the Titans are going to beat the Roosters without the game of their lives 
yeah. and whether they can play it this yeah, week. Yeah, so Roosters. Roosters, I think so. Um, there's no sign of AJ Brimson. Yes, there is sign of AJ Brimson. Apologies, he's in the 21, and oh, that yeah. is a good sign. That's a good sign for them. We'll be waiting to see whether he actually comes into the team. Okay, the Cowboys are hosting the Raiders, who've got a second wind. There's a lot to like about the Cowboys uh, and a lot not to like uh, as well. But um, the, the Raiders are the team I've been really impressed with. Yeah. Injuries, they don't make excuses. They get out and get the job done. They've won some big games and they're playing some really good football. And the best news for them is John Bateman. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Oh, look out, Cowboys. Um, I was, you know, I was up, up in Cowboys yesterday. Um, so first time I got to see the stadium was in Townsville, and um, you know, talking to them. Then the Indigenous round, you know, Raiders are going up there, and they're all they're all pumped up for it. But um, I, I just can't see that there's a big difference here between these teams, and it, it's obviously the Cowboys, uh, you know, have a a new new coach. Um, they're a building team, and you got to really credit Ricky and his Canberra team after losing Hodgson and they haven't had Bateman all, all year. And um, But it's the way they've been coached and the way they've learnt to win games and their steely way they win games, you know, as tough games. Um, you just can't see, when you put the two together, that um, the Cowboys will come near them because they're too drilled, they're, they're too disciplined. Um, and they still got you know they've got Jack White and they've got some great players. Rapana, he's what, gone what, back to fullback to replace yeah. Charles Nickel Clotsford well, is out with that. How good's he been going? You know, Rapana since he's been back. Um, I've always liked him as a player, and he's tough, but he you know he gets good ground. And I, I just can't see the Cowboys. I mean, they've got the the young guns there, but um, I think they really need to step up in the middle. The Cowboys, if they got any chance, they do. They, we need to see more from them. They're they're, um, they're getting close. Um, just some. They're just failing to ice things, like last week when Cohen Hess had an opportunity to score that try against Manly and it just didn't happen for them. They're going close, but they're just not getting the the job done. Bateman, to me, is the trump card for the uh, Raiders and their premiership push. Uh, Obviously, they've lost their their chief um, playmaker in Hodgson, but Bateman gives them that second-phase ball, and he is... I think he's one of those guys, a bit like Thurston used to be for the Cowboys. He's got that competitive nature. Yeah. Like he's never he's never done, Bateman. No. And I like that about him. I think he's a real warrior, as well as being a great skill back rower. Oh, anyone would want him in his te- in your team. So yeah. you imagine the boost. So they've been playing well after Hodgson exited with his injury. Now they've actually done well and they've won games without him. Now Bateman's back. You can't tell me that's going to be a massive lift for that team. It's going to be a huge lift. Raiders, I'm tipping yes, there for Raiders. sure. There's a really good game coming at Brookvale Oval, otherwise known as um, Lotto Land, <laughs> against um, the Panthers. I'm looking forward to this one uh, immensely because um, Dylan Walker, I'm not sure if he's going to play, but he's been named in the extended bench. Manly rallying and yes. Cade Cust doing a great job, isn't he, at 5'8". He had a great game last week. Um, rate know. him, rate him. Oh, rate him, yeah. Mm. He has a go, and um, you know, he got over the trial line. Um, he's very good run of the ball. Um, you know, um, he, he doesn't mind having a go uh, with the footy. So that you always love to see that. Um, uh, but he's doing the job for him. And, and Desi, what he's done with this team over the past couple of weeks has been phenomenal. Um, you know, with all the injuries and you know they're winning games that they probably a lot of people thought they shouldn't. Um, so. I've actually backed Manly here. Um, mm. I just think out of the two, and they're at home at Lotto Land, they'll just lift again. And and, and this Kay Cuss, he's going to get it. He's just going to get better, isn't he? Yeah, I saw some really good signs from Manly. I, I just think that this the Penrith. I'm not saying they're due for a loss. They were they did well last week against the Titans. Cleary was the difference. Oh, yeah. His vision to see three overlaps yeah. and three tries resulted. Two on the left, where Kikau usually would have been. Yeah. But a really good play by Cleary and Luai. They they linked together. And when good halves do that, bang. Uh, and a couple of the forwards got involved in that. I think Fisher-Harris slotted in and yeah. no. It was a really nice moves. But then at the end of the game, when Titans looked like they could win, it was Cleary's kicks that, that sort of iced the cake. Yeah. This is why he's... You know, 
the, the New South Wales halfback. He's really well, yeah, exactly. And uh, since he's come back, he's just been amazing. Uh, he's just gone. He's gotten better every week. Yep, taking control. But I think Des will have something ready for him. Um, I, I just I look at the two. Actually, when I had to pen this for NRL.com for uh, for, for Zal, <laughs> I actually put the Panthers down and I crossed them out and put Manly because I had a good think about it. Um, I'm not a big thinker. but um, So I did put the Panthers, but I scribbled them out and put the Seagulls down and went with them. Have you sent that revised tip in? Oh, yeah, no, that went through in the first, first year. <laughs> He's not going to find out. I'll have, there'll, be, there'll be controversy. No, 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 I did. I corrected that there and then. But I'll just say when I went down the list, I, I did put Penrith first and I came back and I thought, nah, merely. Well, you can't so afford, that's how close it's going to be. You, you know. can't afford any more errors in your tipping, Steve. No. I, I, I know. I don't even know where I am. <laughs> well, you won it the first year. I know. <laughs> I've gone backwards. You have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, kick outs back for Panthers. That's a big in. That's yeah. a really big in. Oh, it is a big in, yeah. But I, I still think Manly. I'm a bit. Um, I tend to tip Manly a lot uh, because I I do like. Well, I don't play. I don't, but um, I, I just got a feeling. I yeah, just, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think Penrith. They they had actually last week the youngest team uh, of is that all. Right? Sorry, the most inexperienced NRL seventeen took the field of the round. Is that right? So uh, Ivan Cleary is doing a great job, and he said after the game, it's a real tribute to the Panthers' culture and their systems. And he's 100% right. He's getting these guys to come in, like Caleb Aikens, who I thought went really well at fullback, and he's not the only one. Mitch Kenny uh, filling in for um, Coruscant while he's out, and they're doing the job, and that's a sign of a good club. A good, good club culture and, and good systems that they can do that. So this is going to be a harder ask. Mm. And I, I just think Manly, um, they need to win this game. There's some big games coming up for those teams in the bottom. Just, well, just so Cleary knows, as a coach, um, you know, with all these kids coming through, all the uh, all the accolades are going to go to Gus, you know. <laughs> Gus girls. Gus, what did he do? Oh, apparently he's done all the development there before. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I get what <laughs> no, you mean, yeah. I'm being a bit of a smart-ass here, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I hope he's not looking for the accolades with these kids. Well, you know. Like, but, and I'm not saying he is, but I'm just having a crack because, um, you know, I think I've seen it written or someone said it about, um, you know, what was set up there, but I, I, I sort of thought it was the opposite. But um, no, obviously it's not. Well, he did set up a good pathway. The, the yeah. pathway system of the Panthers, from yeah. what I can see, and I only see, I, I'm not privy to what the Panthers do. We, nah. We're not down there, so we don't really nah. know the inner workings of them. Like what we, I can guarantee like is. Like we do the Broncos. Um, but um, I, I, what I see with my eyes, the, the pathways oh. that um, Gus, the real Gus, yeah. <laughs> uh, put in uh, are working. So yeah. I, you, I've got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, I think I can guarantee it's cold down there. This At time Penrith. of year. I've lived there. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah, I lived there when I was uh, young. Not for very long, oh, but geez. I lived there. Um, I lived in Preston Street in Penrith. Did you? Really? Yeah, I could see from our little... Um, I was living with my mum, and from the balcony, I could see the the panther. Had pan, pan, Is that right? Uh, yeah. Did you hear Penrith, the... Hear the Penrith Park. <laughs> I remember going there, and I think it was 80... It was 86, I think, and Greg oh. Alexander absolutely tore St. George. It was St. George then for yeah. St. George Illawarra yeah. supporters now. He tore St. George apart, <clears throat> and I came back and watched it on the NEC big game because I, uh, <laughs> I used to rush home. To watch it, the replay. watch the replay, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I used to go to Leichhardt or wherever it was and try and get home in time. No, it was a... Well, it wasn't far to Penrith Park. It was just a... Well... It wasn't a three-wood away, was it? I, I just, <laughs> memory's a bit hazy. It was probably more than that. It was more like a par four. Yeah, it like. wasn't one of our favourite fields to, to visit, especially this time of year. No. Anyway, it's not It's not going to be there. It's no, going to be a, Brookvale. Yeah, so we're backing Manly. Yeah, backing Manly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bulldogs of the Eels on Sunday at two. Um, the Bulldogs having a great win last week. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Foran, outstanding. Once again, and the pack... Uh, they just play. I love this Luke Thompson, the English import. He's uh, playing really well. Do you reckon well. he's ma- made the difference there? Oh, I think he's making a difference. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think, think he's. He, I think he's the real deal, and um, yeah. I think he is making a difference. I thought Lachlan Norse did some good things as well. Uh, the whole team um, played extremely well. Um, it was in the in the wet, and they played a lot better. Uh, what was I doing? I, I was listening to this on the radio. What was that? Oh, yeah, I was driving down to the Titans. That's yeah, right. Okay. So I've looked at the, the highlights. I haven't watched the whole game, but I listened to it and I listened to the, the commentary. 
and you know, it was very clear that they played well, a really smart brand of footy. Well, they did. I, I watched. I watched it, and I thought, "Where's this been?" Mm. <laughs> you know, what did it, you like about their performance? Well, it was just it's just a lot more complete than mm. what it has been. You know, they've gone and spits and spats here and there, but I think it was just a bit more complete. And you know, they played a good controlling game of footy, and they played. I think they played well in the middle. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I was impressed. Ran off out, by the way. Oh, is he? He's Talk off the interchange, yeah. Oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Laffey's in for Kerrod Holland, a mid-season pick-up for the yeah. Bulldogs from the Dragons. Um, so uh, the Eels, uh, uh, they're looking good, aren't they, still? Yeah. They, they look good. I love Mitchell Moses back for them. He, he makes such a difference. A lovely try that he scored. Yeah, he did. Kick. That was sleight of hand and uh, vision. Yep. Just little pop, chip and chase. Little pip pop over the top. That was like a blast from the past, wasn't it? The little chip and chase. Well, we've seen some great masters of it, haven't we? None better than Steve Mortimer, I don't think. Well, they had Stevie Mortimer, Scotty Gale, God bless his soul, and Phil Blake. And that's Phil Blake. They yeah. were the th- they were the guys. They were the maestros when I, in the eighties. That's for sure. When I was yeah. watching. Well, I think um, they showed a Phil Blake, or it might have been Scotty Gale, but there was a double chip and chase. I, I think, used to love that. I think Scotty Gale did one of Scotty those at Leichhardt Oval. Yeah. I've seen him score a try at Leichhardt Oval against the Dragons uh, yeah. doing that with a chip and chase. And I remember Laurie Nichols punching the air over there <laughs> on, the, on, the, on that sideline that he was on. I was on the other side watching that sparring game. Sparring the air. He was sparring the air. Uh, yeah. Sing it on. And Ross Conlon. Sing it on in the middle. Around the corner kicking from 60 metres out. Oh, Ross Conlon. Remember him? Yeah, I do. He had he could kick a ball. We, we used to uh, as kids. We used to mock. We used to always mock, uh, copy the styles of different kickers, and he had the little shimmy before he come into the side. And so he was the one who made, uh, you know, that side foot kicking a thing. I think. Yeah, well, John Gray before that for North Sydney. Do you yeah. remember him? Uh, no, nah, it's probably a little bit before me uh, that I watched uh, Sydney footy. To be honest, I'm not sure what year that would have been, but uh, mm. I remember Ross Conlon was probably the first. For me, you know, he played for the uh, Roosters. Mm. Um, Great play for Manly. He got that that kicking game got him into an Australian team. Got him a Test jersey. Oh, he was a ma- master. He could kick. He yeah. really was good. I shouldn't yeah. be that harsh on him, but yeah. it, it did <coughs> apparently. Yeah, actually, Colin Scott uh, when he does. Uh, Shows sometimes he takes along some vision of one of his efforts in Origin. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you remember that one. That one where Rex Moss have said it was the worst kick of all time. But Scotty likes <laughs> yeah, to, do. Scotty do. likes to make fun of it. So like, I'm, not oh, making, gotta, I'm not making fun of you, Colin. If you listen to this, you got to be able to take I'm just it. Just joking take about it. Out it of yeah. It, yeah, he um, has a joke about it. Uh, yeah, I can't say I've ever had to kick or. Never. He was a toe poker though. Scotty. Yeah. Yes. Like Mel was a toe poker. Yes. Um, Dale Shearer. I think, but Scott Scotty he did kick goals for Wynnum. Back in the day, I oh, think. I know he could kick goals. Yeah, yeah. Just in this, there was a period in Origin footy where Queensland missed five or six in a row. <laughs> I think it was leading up to a very important goal that yeah, okay. Shearer actually kicked. Oh yeah, in um, well, he was another one. Yeah, kicked on the stroke of half time to yeah. get Queensland into the lead. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> they ended up winning the series. But that goal kick was in the in the in, t- in the wash up was vital because even the King had, had a few shots. Yeah, and, and missed. Well, then the funny you talk about those and and I can. Remember Laurie Dale's? I think it might have been his debut for New South Wales, and he, I think he missed a kick in front. Do you remember that one? Yeah, vaguely I do. Yeah, I think yeah, that I, might have been. No, I've seen the vision of that one. But yeah, yeah you know they can they can bring you undone as a goal kicker, um, you know, and that's why I never put my hand up to do it. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Anyway, Mitchell Moses is a good goal kicker. Yeah. Um, but uh, Steve. Oh, Eels. Parramatta. Yeah. yeah. Final game. I'm up for this one up on the Sunshine Coast at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Up to watch the Melbourne Storm host the Newcastle Knights. The Storm just go from strength to strength. They they copped a spray at half time last week mm. off their coach who can deliver one. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, and then they came out and blew Brisbane away with some majestic football. What do you make of this Ryan Pappenhausen? What oh. what a player he's turning into. Oh, he, it just shows you you got a you got a kid. He's always he could play footy, but under the the guidance of someone like Craig Bellamy, and you can add um, Cam Smith to this as well. But they just seem to blossom, don't they? Mm. I, I, and <clears throat> Bellamy once again has brought this young kid in, um, and look. He's he's done his time. He's maturing as he goes. He's gotten better and better as the year the year's gone on, um, and he's just playing the house down. I'm so I just love the way he runs the footy. 
Um, Electrifying, but what about his skill for that pass? Yeah, yes. But of that right to left pass he threw uh, back for, into. For listeners that didn't see it, he he um, he made a break. Uh, Jerome Hughes yeah. was on the inside. Was second inside. There was a couple in between. Yeah, and he's turned off balance almost. He should have been. He was at full throttle, and he's thrown a, a beautiful right-to-left pass right on the chest. Well, I don't know who was backing it up inside him, whether it was um, Adoka or whoever it was. but Yeah, what did you make of that? Well, it was like, and I heard the commentary afterwards because um, I was at the game, and it was just like, wow. Because when he did that pass, he's running opposite direction and he's flicked it back like this and you, I thought it was going to go to them which would have been the wrong person but it came to Jerome Hughes, Jerome Hughes just straight back into a hole untouched just a great pass you know when your momentum's flying that way and actually in the opposite direction and you do that and there's a couple of people uh, there's a defender in between mm. what a well-timed pass it was just perfect I just loved watching him play and there was so many look there's we could talk about all the Melbourne Storm yeah. players last week and and Smith was in fine oh. fettle as as per usual um, but uh, uh, the other player that really impressed me, and this is where the Titans are going to be loving watching this guy, is Tino Farsamalawe. Yeah. I put the mocker on uh, Nelson Asofa Solomon. He didn't have one of his better games <laughs> after destroying the yeah. Titans. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a bet better one this time. Yeah. Um, he, doesn't well, have, he doesn't have bad games, no. usually, Nelson. But uh, Tino, yeah. wow, he's, yeah. a, he's a big, uh, robust, fast yeah. prop, isn't he? Like yeah, where do they... Where do, where do they find them? <laughs> Where right. do they find these blokes? Look, the Storm recruiting, I did a piece on um, how they got Munster uh, for NRL.com. I, I thought it came up quite well, actually. I looked at the story behind it, the, the Rockhampton connection, the guys that Paul Bunn's got Bunny, up there, yeah. his eyes and ears on the ground, you know, making, and, and they, they saw Munster and they, they, they kept reminding him and saying, you've got to look at this Munster. Yeah. And the Storm got him. Yeah. But it's just a great system they have um, of being able to identify talent and then develop it. It's one thing to identify and bring it to Melbourne, well, but then Munster blossomed. And we're seeing Tino blossom. Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen blossom. Well, Harry Grant's going back there. Well, he's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Don't you see a lot of Smith in Grant? Oh, he, without a doubt. It's different styles, but, different styles. but the same vision and the same decision-making. And that's it. And Not the same, but, you know, he's, do, le- he's learned. Well, he's they're learned. dominant in, in yeah. what they do. Mm. Um, so... They back themselves, and Smith's like that. He goes, well, and obviously Harry Grant has a good footy head as well, so mm. that makes a big difference, especially in the number nine. Yeah, I think Newcastle, this is a big game for them. Like, if they're real contenders, and look, they've had a lot of issues with hookers, and they lost tragedy for Andrew McCulloch. Oh, yeah. This is a footballing, in a footballing sense, um, of course, to um, tear his hamstring off the bone, and then Connor Watson, uh, he, he did his Achilles, yes. so... That's a that's a hammer. You'd, blow. Uh, that's uh, a hammer. You'd blow. like you think that possibly is Macca's career. Um, I hope not. Oh, uh, he's tough, Steve. Yeah, I know he's tough. That that's yeah. a big injury. Um, and I hope not because I, I love Macca. I, I think he's a such a good person and just been a, a Bronco legend to me, uh, Macca. So hope he recovers. He's been a great player for Brisbane. Oh, amazing. He has an option. That I think he could take up back with Brisbane next year. If, yes, yeah. If if it pans out that way, look. I think he he did a knee um, a couple of years ago yes. and came back from that. And to be honest, I thought he was playing some of the best football I've seen from him since before he did the knee. Yeah. yeah. So that was that to me. I was my heart went out to him. I always got on well with him here at Brisbane. I always had a lot of respect and time for him. And I think he made a huge difference to Newcastle, oh, yeah, giving yeah. them some real um, they'll, they'll grit miss and steel for Steel City. Yeah, and mm. that's on the other side of that. That's probably what Brisbane's been missing <laughs> this year. Well, especially in that position. In that position. In that position, they yeah. could have done with him. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and the, the Knights were. I was a bit disappointed in Callum Ponga and Mitch Pearce. Um, look, I only seen the highlight, highlights, but they didn't figure in in the highlights of that game against the Bulldogs. And from what I was listening on the radio, they, they there seemed to be a little bit um, out of the game, not not, not taking control. Because in the wet, you you expect your kicking game to be on song. It has to be, but it wasn't for them to win or get even close. If those two aren't on the ball and that they don't like you said, if they're not in the game. Well, Newcastle have got Buckley's, mm. so it, it, it the two linchpins for them because uh, I think they've got a really good forward pack. Um, is is um, Pierce and um, Ponger at the back, um, and if we can get them together and combine, and they play some great footy. 
Yeah, well, they, they got a, a bit of a blast from Adam O'Brien after the game. He basically, well, he, I think he used the word entitled, and I think when he explained that, he didn't say that they were talking like they were, but I think maybe just a little bit of complacency and the, 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 the thought that you just got to turn up to beat the Bulldogs. Well, that's mm. not the case. No. And they can't do that up there on the Sunshine Coast. Well, I bet you they don't. <laughs> they can't do that up there against Melbourne, and um, if, if they do, watch out because Melbourne will turn it on. Oh, I can't see anything other than a Melbourne victory, Steve. Yeah, I'll pick the storm. And the thing is, like, they didn't even play that great in the first half against Brisbane, although, no. to Brisbane's credit, they did take it to them. I mean, Bellamy said that afterwards, but there's, there's so much more in them, and they beat a team yeah. by 40 well, points. Well, where I was sitting, um, we were on the quarter... Um, Thank God I wasn't out in the rain. I was up in a sweep. But um, so we're watching, and all the play was down that end, Broncos end. Because I, I remember my partner saying to me, "Oh, there's a lot of we're getting to see a lot of good footy." I said, "Because Broncos are dominating this first half, and they were planted down in, in the, you know the territory of the storm for most of the first half." So um, yeah, but then Melbourne came around and turned that around, which is good. Then on the other side, because we saw the Melbourne stuff happen down our end, so we were in a good position that the other night. You were, I know. Were you, were you sitting on the Western or the Western? Yeah, Western. So I was with yeah with Computer Share, uh, one of my um, corporate friends, and uh, it was lovely. Very good, Steve. <laughs> well, I'm, I'll be up there for that game. Looking forward to it. Should be a belter, tipping Melbourne to win. Yeah, me too. Okay, Steve. Well, thanks for your thoughts on this round, and uh, anything else that springs to mind? No, it's just you know, it's just been a a year so far, um, just full of surprises, isn't it? And I don't, I don't think it's going to stop till the end of the year, Joel. Well, there's so much honest. that happens every week. Like it's, I know. It's, yeah. a magical, it's good for us. <laughs> it's a magical mystery tour, especially <laughs> especially at the Broncos. Like you never know what's going to happen next. Who's going to get injured? Um, what the scoreline's going to be? You know, like there's always some sort of well, feeling that if you if you take your eyes off the Broncos for 24 hours. If I'm off, that something dramatic's going to happen. Like, and, and it seems to be the case. Well, there's going to be more talks. There's going to be who's going to be the Broncos if if Anthony goes, which I you know I hope everything turns around for him. Paul Green's gone from the Cowboys, and there's been names bandied around left, right, and centre. So it's not going to end, Joel. I think it's just going to be you know we'll go from. Uh, you know, story to story to story to the end of the year. It's been like that at the Broncos ever since Bellamy, <laughs> the Bellamy story broke two yes. years ago. I remember the the Bellamy story when there was talk that um, Craig could come to to the Broncos, and ever since then, it's been almost a drama after a drama after a drama after a drama. It hasn't been that even plain sailing. And that but I used to have that at the Broncos when I used yeah. to work for League Week. It it was. Uh, you got a lot of great stories because at League Week we used to do magazine-style pieces, so you get the stories behind the success. Yeah. So you're always writing about how this player got to be so good yeah. or the, the challenge they overcame, some angle into the story. It was always uplifting for the club because they were winning. Yeah. And it's a different scenario when you're covering a losing Broncos team. It's, it's yeah, stressful for the players and the coach, but it's also for the journalists you know, for us, what it, angle do you take? Well, that's right, and yeah. uh, how hard you go. You well, know. that's another thing, Joel. Like, there's those relationships between. I think it used to be like this back in the day between journalists, mm. the team, individuals in the team, the coach, very much the coach back in my day. Um, so there's a relationship that go on. So uh, I thought back in the day, mind you, we were winning, but we had great relationship with the media, and you just I think from your point of view, really careful. How you report on things? Some some people mm. aren't, um, but that's just the way it is, and yeah. um, so it's interesting. Well, I, I feel so at the Broncos, like there's the players are pretty good, really. Yeah. I mean, Corey Oates. I mean, you couldn't get a better uh, guy to deal with than him. He's always very open. He's always affable. Yeah. Jack Bird's a real character. When he yeah. don't write about him much at the moment because no, he's not playing. Not playing yeah. Um, and look, before we had this podcast, I had a chat to Anthony Seabold, who, who returns calls. Like he does do that, so he's he's very polite mm, and uh, he's a good bloke. He, he will return your call, and he, he may not always want to be quoted on something, but he, he'll st- if you want to ask him if you're on the right track with a story, you know, he'll say yes or no, and that's that's all you really want. You don't mm. want you don't expect to be talking to the coach on the phone In all depth. the time no, yeah. no no he's too busy for that but yeah. I think the relationship's pretty good but what I'm talking about more is it's it's difficult <clears throat> it's difficult to when they're losing all the time 
and and then the tensions rise because yeah. we've got to we've got to call it as we see it as journalists. Mm. We've got to write about the Broncos as what what we're seeing. And then there are things happening behind the scenes. Yeah. There are things the club doesn't want you to know, and all this all boils into the the melting pot yeah. of, of of losses. Yeah, and I when it's the Broncos, it's different. <laughs> it really is different. Like I know um, some people would say to us, "Well, you know, the Cowboys are going bad. Why aren't you writing about them?" Or the Titans are going bad. Well, mm. we're not going any worse than them. I'm not saying that the uh, the coach doesn't say that, but you hear this from time to time. Mm. Yeah, well, the reason imagine. is is that the Broncos have something different about them. They have an aura of success yeah. around them. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> it really is an interesting dynamic when the Broncos are losing in the city. And even you, Steve, as an old boy, you know, people say, you know, what about this Renoff having a crack at Darbs mm. or whatever mm. it might be? Or, yeah. You know, how, how do you feel about that? Oh, so, look, I, they got every right to, you know, I'm very open to that, but it's not going to stop um, what I think. No. Um, and, and that's the thing I've always done. I've been true to myself because if I get asked something, I'll, if it's top of mind for me and I have my opinion, I say it. I said, and I've always been taught to say that. I mean, the guy who taught me to say that tried to tell me not to do it once upon a time. And I said, well, hang on a minute, Wayne. You told me, <laughs> you told me, speak your mind. And then... Yeah, that's right. Wayne's even had it, told you to rein it in. Rein it in once. <laughs> but, or why do you speak to him then? That's what he said. I said, because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. And you've been open about who you thought should have been coached when Wayne left and yeah. Kevin and all that sort of thing. And that's, that's yeah. your job. When we do this, and it's and it's my opinion, Joel. That's yeah. the main thing. So, every not everyone agrees with everyone's opinion, mm. but um, you know, some people get more aggressive about it than others, and some go fair enough. I don't agree with it, but that's your opinion. Mm. But wouldn't mm. you much rather be talking about a winning Broncos? Oh, team? without a doubt, isn't it easier for oh. you as a as an old? Of course, boy? it would be yeah. easy for me, and um, you know, I'd be, I'd be singing the praises to mm. be honest. Mm. Um, you know, and. God, you should have seen me in 2015. There, I br- bring that game up, but um, you know, I'm down in Sydney and in, in in the one of the suite with NRL uh, sponsors, and I'm ripping it into them because they're all, all they're all going for the Cowboys, and I was getting, and I was like, doing these things in the in the box, and five minutes to go, and the next minute <laughs> we got beaten. So that, you just got to take that hand, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I took it on the chin, literally. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Benny Elias tells some great stories about going down. And this is what I always admire about Benny. He used to go down to Caxton oh, yeah. and, oh. and give um, speeches after games during that winning, winning <laughs> run for Queensland. And they used to give it to him, but he gave it to him as a good back. It oh, was... he did. I did one gig with him there one year at the Caxton. He was funny, funny man. <laughs> He's a funny man, isn't he? Oh, yes. Is. One, one of the greats. Yeah. Okay, Steve, we've, we've really been tangential. <laughs> this has been a tangential podcast. Oh. And uh, we'll be back next week to be even more tangential. No worries, mate.